Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. That we are beginning a brand new series called Revival. And as I was thinking about over the last few months, this series, we, we thought about a lot of different names that we could call this series. But over the next few weeks, I believe that this title fits exactly what we're asking God to do. You know, I, I've told a lot of stories over the years of growing up in and around the church. Uh, the joke that I tell, it's not really a funny joke. It's just kind of the, the phrase that I use is that I was born on a Tuesday and I was in church on Sunday. And uh, we were, I was a pastor's kid. Uh, all of my family, they're church people, they're pastor people, they're ministry people. And so we've always been in the church. If it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. But I remember growing up and having revival services. Some of you have that same context. You remember when the church would have revival services. And usually what it meant is that you would have these multiple nights in a row. Maybe it was Monday through Wednesday. Maybe it was all week long. Maybe it started on Sunday night and would progress all through the week. And sometimes those would extend. The the presence and power of God would just be amazing. And so they would continue on for maybe several weeks at a time. And when I think about what those revival services were intended to do, it was to really take what we were already doing in the Sunday mornings and Sunday night services or Wednesday night services or the other things that were taking place in the rhythm of our church and the rhythm of our life, and it was to complement that. It was to come at the beginning of the year, in the summer, maybe to start the fall. You would have these revival services where you were kind of taking some time out of your normal rhythm and your normal routine and really asking God just to fill your church and to fill your life and to fill your family with just a renewed touch of his presence. And as I've been thinking about 2021 over these last few months, and as our our staff and our team has been praying about what God would have us to do in 2021, I felt like the best place for us to start was to ask God for a fresh touch of his presence and his power in each of our lives. Now, when I even say things like that, some of you don't have the same context I have. And so you're relatively new to the church. When we talk about Generations Church, you're a first generation of faith. You've, you've put a stake in the ground and you said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And no one before you in your family has made that kind of commitment. And so when I start talking about a fresh touch from God and the presence and power of God, that's new language to you, but here's what we believe. We believe that whether we're gathered together in person or we're gathered together, uh, scattered among our homes and other places as we watch online, we believe that it's not so much about the people that are on the stage singing. It's not so much about me necessarily. It is about God and his presence, that we meet with God. But it's not just that we would come in and be together and encourage one another, which the New Testament does talk about, which is important, But it's also that when you leave this place, you carry with you a a, a filling of the presence, not a feeling of the presence, but a filling that you've been filled up with the presence of God so that you walk out of this place or you leave your home after this experience and you know that you carry with you the presence of God into whatever that you face today, tomorrow, or the next day because you carry the strength and the power of God, which we talked about a little earlier in our time. And so as I thought about this series of revival, there's a couple of different things that we're gonna talk about over the next few weeks. We're gonna talk about our lives. We're gonna talk about our dreams and our hopes and our aspirations. We're gonna talk about relationships and those kinds of things that we're asking God to revive. But when I think about the word revival, I want you to know what I mean as it relates to defining this word. I'm talking about an improvement in the condition or strength of something, an improvement in the condition or strength of something. And why I love that definition is because it doesn't say that you have to be completely dead or completely broken to need 
need a revival. It just means an improvement. I think all of us would admit that we need to improve in some areas of our lives. There's, a, there's still more that can be done, more that we're asking God to do. So whether you feel like you've been walking with the Lord a long time and you've kind of got this thing figured out, or whether you feel like I'm still relatively new and I'm trying to figure this thing out, I believe all of us can stand some improvement in the condition or the strength of our relationship with God, our relationship with other people, the dreams and hopes we're chasing after, the purpose that God has created us for. And so this series of revival, I believe, is going to be exactly where we need to start this year. And so today we're going to begin in a very famous passage of scripture, but it's not one that we reference a lot in uh, the church necessarily, unless you're really preaching from it. This is found in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 37, and it's referred to as the Valley of Dry Bones. You heard this passage of scripture quoted just a second ago in the video, and I'm gonna read the first 10 verses today of Ezekiel chapter 37. I encourage you to read along. Don't just sit there and let me read it to you. I encourage you, grab a Bible, grab an app, and follow along Ezekiel chapter 37. It's in the Old Testament. It's a part of the prophets. It comes after some of the other books there that you would know from the the, the history of the children of Israel and in some of those poetry uh, books. And it comes in these prophetic books. And so we have this image of what's taking place here that the prophet is speaking to us uh, and speaking to the people of God here about something that he sees. And this is what we see in Ezekiel 37, beginning in verse one. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. And he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. And I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked and the tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. Now, there's a lot of ways that we could really unpack this together, but what I thought we would do is I thought we would just kind of walk a few verses at a time and really look at what God may be saying to us at the beginning of this revival series, the beginning of this year. And as we put all of these pieces together, I want you to think about the journey that we're about to take part in. We're starting this series today and we're going to, over the next four Sundays, look at this idea of revival. God, would you, would you improve and strengthen something inside of me? But then we're also going to be in this process of 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're asking you to participate. We're asking you to fast. And so we're asking you to say, God, I wanna give something of myself. And during that time that I would normally use to fill that with with whatever I'm giving up, the time that I would normally eat or the time that I would spend on social media or the time that I would spend watching television or the time I would spend doing whatever, I wanna spend that time devoted to you. And then our times of prayer, whether that be in the morning or you watch throughout the day at some other point, We gather together, we look to God's word, we spend time intentionally in prayer. I believe these pieces all together can allow us to set ourselves up through being in the presence of God for this to be the best year we've ever lived. 
And as I think about what we're reading here in Ezekiel chapter 37, I want to again read the very first part of the, 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 the verses that we just read here, because I think it's important for us to understand the journey that we may be on. Look at this. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. I, I think it's important to recognize that the Spirit of the Lord led to the valley, It reminds me of the passage in the gospels where Jesus was led out into the wilderness by the spirit of God. And it was then that he arrived in the wilderness that he was tempted by the enemy. So often in my life, I assume that valley moments only come from the enemy. What we're reading right here is that valley moments can be places that God can use to impress things upon us, to teach us some things. And so often all I'm looking for is how do I get out of this valley more quickly? I like to live in mountaintop experiences. Well, a valley is that place between two mountains. It's that place between two uh, rises in, in the topography of the land. And so a valley is a place that really is about the journey that we're on. We're moving from one mountaintop to the next mountaintop. And so a valley is a place that God can use if we will let him. And so when I think about that, I recognize that Jesus was led into the wilderness And then the enemy came to tempt him. But what did that temptation show? It showed the power of God in Jesus to be able to withstand temptation and to really bring him towards his purpose. When I think about this, the spirit of the Lord led him into the middle of the valley. And it was in that place that he saw the dry bones. He saw these bones that existed there. And so, so many of us, we were trying to figure out how do we get out of 2020 faster And I don't wanna discourage you today, but I don't know what the first portion of 2021 looks like. And maybe it's gonna be a lot better. Maybe it's not gonna be much better yet. Maybe we're still waiting to see some of these things come to pass. But here's what I would say to you. Even if you feel like you are in a valley, don't view this valley as something that's absolutely negative. Don't view this valley as something that only the enemy brought you to. View this valley as a place that God can reveal himself to you, that this valley is a place that God can do something fresh and new in you. There can be revival in the midst of a valley season because it actually leads us to a new mountaintop. It leads us to the next place that God is trying to take us. We continue to read. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Here's what I know about my life, and I think is probably true about your life. Dry days become dry seasons, which become dry people. Dry days become dry seasons, which become dry people if we're not careful. When I look at this passage that we're reading, it says that he was led back and forth and he saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Now, I've had dry days. You've had dry days, I'm sure. And when I'm talking about dry days, I'm talking about really that place, those moments in time where it's void of the presence of God. We don't feel God's presence. We don't feel the breath of God. We don't feel that excitement and that energy that sometimes we feel when maybe Andrew and the, the team are singing our favorite song or we're, we're driving down the road or maybe we've been reading God's word and as we read, we come upon a verse that really just speaks into our soul or we're in that process where maybe through a 21 days of prayer and fasting, we feel like we're as close to God as we can possibly get. Those are not dry seasons. Those are not dry days. But there are other times when maybe you open the Bible and as soon as you open it, you start reading and you're like, I feel nothing. I don't know what God is saying to me. I'm not sure this, this relates to me. This applies to my life. And so those are dry days and we've all experienced those. And then when you have dry day upon dry day upon dry day, you start to get into these dry seasons And the challenge is, how do we make sure that dry seasons don't turn us into dry people? 
We must continue to pursue the presence of God. We, we must ask God for fresh revelation of who he is, that he would reveal himself to us in new ways. We need to get into places where we know the presence of God has encountered us before. Now, it's not a magic formula. It's not that we go and have them sing the same song or try to find our favorite song necessarily, but if there's a place that you know the presence of God has met you before, but you don't feel like you've felt the presence of God in a while, I encourage you to go back to one of those places that you circle back to some passages of scripture that you know have meant something to you. You pick up an old book that God used to speak truth and revelation into your heart and you begin to read that again and ask God to reignite something inside of you. You listen to some worship music. You come into this place and you encounter the presence of God and you're encouraged by the, the worship of other believers and in those moments you ask God to bring revival to your soul because dry days become dry seasons which eventually become dry people. You know, if you know anything about the human body, and I'm not an expert by any stretch, but about 61% of our body is water. And even if you look at the bones that are in our bodies, the, the hard bones that we have, about a third of each bone is water. They're made up of water. And so when you think about that reality, we recognize that when we get dehydrated, our body is craving something that really makes up about two thirds of who we are. And if you don't do something to correct that dehydration, and as you get older and you don't have enough intake of fluids and water, your bones begin to dry out and they become brittle. And there are a number of different names that refer to conditions related to this. But if we're not careful, we can actually get to the place where even something as simple as a sneeze could cause a bone to break in our bodies because that bone has become brittle because that bone has dried out. And what we're reading here is that there were a number of bones and they were very dry. Well, when I think about my spiritual life, I pray that God would help me to stay hydrated, to make sure that I am pursuing the, 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 the word of God into my life and the presence of God in my life so that when I am pursuing in those seasons of dryness in me, that God would fill me up with his presence and fill me up with his power. Jesus told the woman at the well that he was the living water and if I find myself being dry, I don't wanna have some random little fall that would cause me to break and cause something that would bring damage into my heart and damage into my life. I wanna make sure that I'm constantly filling myself with the living water that would cause me to never thirst again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking for other things to fulfill me because the presence and the power of God is fulfilling to me. We continue reading. He said, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy to these bones, he said. When I was thinking about this, and it seems like I've referenced prophecy a number of times over the last few weeks, including into our Christmas season, when we were talking about what prophecy was in the Old Testament, this prophesying is to speak things into existence that are not yet to really speak about something that is not a reality. So he's saying, when you look at these dry bones, prophesy about what can be, what God is saying. Because he said here, Spirit of the Lord, only you know. Sovereign Lord, you alone know what, what needs to be done here. And he says, well, I want you to prophesy to these bones. And then he tells them what to say. It reminds me of the burning bush experience in the book of Exodus when God was calling Moses. And Moses says, I can't go to Pharaoh. I can't speak well. I have a stuttering problem. I'm not sure that when I get there, they'll believe that I've been sent by you. And God says, no, here's what you're gonna say. And here's what you're gonna do. Here's what I want you to know as it relates to spiritual gifts, as it relates to revival, as it relates to the purpose that God is calling you to. He's not asking you to do it on your own. 
God is giving you the words. God is giving you the strength. God is empowering you by his spirit to do what he's asking you to do. That shouldn't be overwhelming. It should be humbling, but it shouldn't be overwhelming as we think about God using us and God calling us to prophesy, to speak things that are not yet. It's a confidence that says, because I know that God has called me to do so, I can speak to dry bones that they would no longer be dry, that they would be alive, that they would be filled with the breath of God, filled with the presence of God. And I can speak that with confidence because I'm speaking the words of God. I'm not speaking the words of Jeremy. When he begins to prophesy, he says, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That's what I would encourage you to be careful about. When you begin to prophesy, when you begin to speak, how much of it feels like your own words And how much of it feels like what you know beyond any shadow of a doubt are the words of God, God's word in your heart being released by you in the ways that God has called you to do. And we continue reading. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life and I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. When I was reading this portion of the passage of scripture, I was reminded that there are really two things in life. There's not really any more than these two as it relates to pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ. The first of them is a faith-filled life. It's believing and hoping for those things that we cannot see. And so when we start reading here that the sovereign Lord begins to speak and and we, I will make breath enter you. That's, That's present, that's future tense. It's not present tense. We're not seeing this yet, but it's saying, I will make, God said. So he's, he's saying something that we can't see with our eyes. And so it's faith filled. It's believing that God can do what God says he can do. And then the last one that we just read there says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. The second thing beyond just faith is obedience. We have faith and believe that God can do what he says he's going to do. And then we obey out of that sense of faith. I prophesied as I was commanded to do. So often where it breaks down is we don't have faith. We don't even have the faith of a mustard seed that we read about. We don't even have the faith that God can do what he says that he's going to do. And so we might say, God, would you help grow my faith in this revival season? Would you help me to see who you are? Would you help me to trust you beyond anything I've ever been able to do? God, would you, would you grow my faith in you? The evidence of things hoped for, not even the evidence of things I see, the evidence of things that I hope for alone. God, would you grow my faith? And then second of all, God, would you help me to be more obedient? When I do have faith, even if I can't see it, I pray that you would help me to obey every chance that I get. God, would you help me to obey? Then we continue reading. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. I was thinking about another one of the prophets that was in the Old Testament. And I was thinking about the story where he was praying for rain he was calling for rain. He was, he was looking for rain and he, he didn't see it. And so he, he ran and looked. He sent the servant to run and look. He came back, nothing. Go and look again, nothing. Go and look again, nothing. And after he had run a number of times, he says, I, I actually see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And he says, well, you go and tell everybody that rain is coming. Sometimes we have to act before we see. Sometimes we have to trust and believe. We just, all we do is we hear the sound. There's just a little bit of a rattling sound to know that God is beginning to accomplish. There's just a cloud the size of a man's hand, and yet we're called to move. In recent months, I heard Pastor Trevor, he was preaching about those with leprosy, and he he said that they they uh, they moved and then they were healed. They had to move first. 
When we read the story about the children of Israel, they had to actually step out, the priest did step out into the water before the water was rolled back. And so often we ask God to move first and then we'll be obedient. But God is saying, no, you move first, trusting and believing by faith that I will do what I've already said that I will do. But I also was thinking about as we're reading here that the bones begin to come together and bone to bone and tendon and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And I was reminded that there are a number of people that I know, and perhaps you do as well, that appear very much to be alive. They've got tendon and bone and skin on them, but they lack the breath of God. They lack the life-giving source of God in their lives. And such a challenging thought as we think about a message like this, because so often those of us who have been in the church for a long time, or we've been in and around God's word for a long time, we don't think this message applies to us. And usually when I find myself thinking that the message doesn't apply to me, I am the person it applies to the most because I may look like I'm healthy on the outside, but maybe in those seasons, I recognize some unhealth on the inside of me. If I will allow God to search my heart and search my life, I will see that I am lacking the breath of God. There's a lot of people that appear alive, but they are lifeless. They're missing the breath of God. They're missing that one thing that makes the difference. Dry people don't often think that they are dry. And so most of us have to have some other illustration, some other way to kind of view it, to to recognize our current condition. And so maybe you don't wanna think about dry bones. Maybe you say, my bones are fine. Maybe I got bones, I got tendon, I got skin. So maybe we feel like, okay, that doesn't relate to me. So here's what I want you to do just for a moment before we close our time. I want you to think about the condition of your heart. There's other places in scripture. The gospel account tells a great parable that talks about our heart as soil. And if we think about this dry valley, this valley of dry bones, we think about maybe a desert. And we think about those places where there's no moisture in the ground. I'm not talking about a sandy desert. I'm talking about a place where it's obvious the moisture has been pulled out of the earth and now the ground is crusted over and it's dried up and and it seems like nothing could grow in that place. I think for some of us, if we're not careful, that becomes the condition of our heart because dry days become dry seasons. And before we even recognize it, we become a dry people. Our hearts become dry, lacking the breath of God, lacking the living water that would cause us never to thirst again. And if you're just not sure, you say, I don't, I don't think that's me either. I, I can read all the scriptures. I can quote a good bu- a bunch of them. I, can, I go to church on the regular basis. I serve, I give. I think the question for me would be as it relates to the condition of our heart, is the soil of my life, is it healthy? What was the last healthy thing that grew out of me? If seeds are planted into me, whether it be messages like this or when I'm reading on my own or during times of 21 days of prayer and and other times of personal devotion, when seeds of God are planted into me, do they take root? And if they take root, am I watering them continually with the presence of God and times of worship and continue to nurture my soul? Am I in life-giving relationships? And if so, then are healthy things growing out of me Or is anything growing out of me? And if anything is growing, is it actually healthy? As I think about a season of revival, I'm asking God to revive dead things. We're gonna talk about this over the next couple of weeks. We're gonna talk about dead dreams and dead purpose. And we're gonna talk about all those kinds of things. But as it starts today, I want you to look at your heart. 
I've been asking God to allow 2021 to be the best year that I've ever lived in relationship with him, in relationship with my wife and my children, the purpose that God has called me to. And I have that same prayer for you. I have that same desire that you would chase God this year like never before coming on the hills of 2020 and all that it threw at us and all that came before us and walking into some uncertainty, maybe the most uncertainty in the history of most of our lives. As we walk into a year, we just don't know what to expect. I'm asking God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine in this year. And it starts with making sure my heart is right, that my heart is healthy, that the soil of my heart is not dried and crusted over because I've just been in a dry season for so long. I'm asking God today to begin the process of pouring that living water into me, letting the breath of God fill me and give me the amazing sense that he is with me, he's present in my life every step of the way. As I close our time together, I was thinking about these last few verses. The last few verses say, and he said to them, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. I was thinking about the story of creation, the story that God formed man from the dust. Maybe some of that dust was dry. Maybe some of that dust was good for nothing. And he took the dust and he, he began to form it into his hands to shape it and mold it into man. And the shaping and molding of that dust into man included the formation of bones and tendons and ligaments and all of the organs that exist inside of our bodies. And it was incredible to think about. And yet that process was incomplete until one final act from creator God, when he blew his breath into man and he became alive. Here's what I believe today as I've been praying for you. I believe that there are some of you watching right now. You're sitting on your couch, you're sitting in your living room, you've pulled the car over and you're sitting on the side of the road and you're watching on your phone. You're watching on a tablet with others around. You may be sitting at your workstation there as you work your job. Maybe you're listening back at some other point. You're watching on YouTube or you're listening through our podcast. And here's what I want you to know. Maybe you have form. Maybe you have bones and skin and ligaments and tendons and you have all of the things that make you appear alive. And there may be people in your life that look to you and they say, man, you, you, you look like you have it all together, but you know that something's missing. You know that the breath of God does not exist in you. This is not even a salvation moment. You just know that you are longing for something that is not there and it's the presence of God in your life. Maybe you don't know that you've ever felt it. Maybe you know you felt it, but it's been a long, long time and the condition of your heart is dry and dusty. And I would say to you that even though we are not gathered together in person in this moment, that the presence of God is with you right where you are. And that whether you do sit in that living room or you are in your car or you are on your job somewhere, that right now in this moment, the presence of God is available to you. And I'm going to prophesy right now that the breath of God would fill your life and fill your soul like never before. 
And as you walk into 2021, you walk in carrying the presence and the power of God like never before. And that the things that seemed hard in 2020, they just seem to be a little lighter in 2021 because you're not doing it in your own strength and you're not doing it in your own power. You are doing it through the presence and the power of Almighty God who breathes on you now. So I'm gonna ask you just to bow your head and to close your eyes in this moment, no matter where you're at, unless you're driving your car. And if you are, I encourage you pull over for just a second. And let's spend a moment just asking God to improve and strengthen our souls, to revive us again, to breathe his breath upon us and renew us like never before to give us life. Even though we have form, there's something still lacking. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I can't see you right now, but God sees you right where you are. And if you would say to me, Jeremy, right now for me, I know this first Sunday of the year, the decision that I need to make is I need to ask him to be the Lord and savior of my life. Maybe I've never prayed that prayer. Or I prayed it at some point in the past, but I know I've done my best to walk away from him. I'm thankful for his grace and his mercy, which we talk about. I'm thankful for forgiveness and his love. And right now I'm asking him to forgive my sins and to give me life. If that's you, would you just lift your hand as a sign of surrender to God? Would you type that in the chat and let us know right now? so that we can follow up with you and help you to take some first and next steps into relationship with Jesus Christ. We believe he saves you right now. This is your moment. You don't have to wait for anybody to pray for you or to touch you. This is the moment right now. God's already done it because you've acknowledged your condition and your need for him. And now if you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, maybe I've been in relationship with Jesus for a long time. Maybe I've been in the church a long time. I know all the right things to say. If somebody looks at me on the outside, they would think that I'm alive and healthy but I'm dry. I'm just dry. The condition of my heart, it, 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 it's, there's nothing good, healthy, growing there. And I just need the breath of God to breathe on me. I need the presence and the power, the living water to be poured out into my soul and poured out into my life so that I would experience him like I haven't experienced him in a long time. And I'm asking for these 21 days to be that journey, but that's me. I'm just dry today. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? Would you acknowledge that today and allow us to pray for you? God, I thank you that as I stand in a mostly empty room right now, that God, you are here. And I thank you that in every living room and every workplace and every car and every rental home and God, wherever people are watching and listening from right now, that your presence is also there. And so God, we thank you for revival. We thank you that this year we don't have to face it on our own. We don't have to be strong enough on our own, but God, we thank you that we walk into this year carrying your presence and your power with us wherever we go. And so God, I pray right now for every person that acknowledged their need for you, would you forgive their sins and lead their lives from this moment forward? God, we thank you that you're changing the trajectory of their lives. I pray that prayer so often, but God, I thank you that you are doing what only you can do. And God, I believe this year is gonna be different because of the decision they're making right now. And God, now I pray for every person that just says, I'm dry. The condition of my soul, the condition of my heart, my bones, I'm just dry. And I need a fresh touch from God. I need an infilling of the presence and power of God. I need to be filled up with the living water. I need the breath of God to rest upon me. God, I pray for those people right now. God, would they acknowledge that? Don't allow pride to get in the way. Don't allow their tenure in relationship with you to cause them to think that they are immune from dry days and dry seasons. But God, help us to, to stop before we become a dry people. 
God, I prophesy now, I speak into existence that which may not be in their life yet, that God, you would fill them with your presence and your power like never before. God, we believe that you can. And we're asking you to do it over these next 21 days and over the course of our time together this month, would we be revived in you? Would we experience you in ways that we cannot imagine? And God, would you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine according to your word? God, we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.